Hey there, Anna Guest Jelly here. Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast where we talk about and practice all things body affirming and yoga. Now let's get into it. Hey everybody! Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be back with you as always. I got a really great question from a community member this week that I just want to jump right into because I'm so excited to talk about it. So this person who emailed me shared that she loves gentle yoga. Like it is the thing that just lights her up and makes her feel really alive. But (laughs) you might have sensed about what's coming. But she sees messages everywhere that the most valuable, the most important kind of exercise is cardio-based, and that she should be doing that X times per week. I'm sure we've all seen this kind of various different kinds of exercise advice that are out there. Same thing with strength training. So when she sees those messages, it makes her feel like gentle yoga might not be all that great after all. So then she finds herself in a catch-22, feeling like she should do one thing that she doesn't really want to do, and not letting herself do another thing that she actually likes, but she doesn't feel like is a good choice, quote-unquote. And so what happens? You guessed it, probably. (laughs) Resistance. And then she ends up doing nothing. So she asked me if I ever run into this and how I handle it. Now, I personally can't relate to this, but I'm going to go ahead and um, pretend like I can. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Uh, not at all. I can totally relate to this. This is basically the entire story of my life, particularly in relationship to movement. So... This question has a few different parts that I'd love to get into, so let's start breaking it down. First of all, how amazing is it that this person knows the kind of movement that she likes? Right? Like, it can be really hard to figure that out. I feel like that took me many, many, many years because I had only ever related to movement through a dieting paradigm. So I was only ever like, you know, chugging along on the treadmill when I didn't like it to burn calories, lose weight, whatever the case was. It was never to feel good or to be healthy or, you know, for any kind of reason besides I will lose weight. That's why I was doing that kind of movement. So when I started to work with body acceptance, people would say things like, oh, you should just do movement you enjoy. And I would be like, is that a thing? Like, is there movement people actually enjoy or do they just force themselves to do it? Because that's really what it felt like to me. So, you know, kudos to this person for knowing what she likes in the first place. I feel like that is really amazing and not something to overlook. So same thing for you listening. If you know like, oh, I really like doing fill in the blank, I think you should for sure give yourself credit for that. And if you aren't sure what you like, no worries. (laughs) I'm going to get into that in just a little bit. So the second part of this person's message is about the messages that we receive about what kind of exercise is good for us how often, how long, at what intensity, what counts, all those different kinds of things that are trying to say, here's what you should do, and if you're not doing this, then it's not 
okay. So I think there are a few things to consider here. Number one, have you ever noticed how often nutrition and exercise advice change? So of course, when I look back over the course of my life, there has been so much change. So first it was like, don't eat fat. Just kidding. That's not a good idea. Don't eat carbs. Oh, hey, we weren't really serious about that. That's not a good idea. Um, you know, on and on and on. There's all these different things. And the same is true for exercise. So how much should you do? When should you do it? Oh, it's this long. No, it's that long. Oh, it should be this intense. No, it should be that intense. Honestly, I feel like we could come up with a lot of changes in advice, even just in the past year or two, much less if you look back longer than that. So I bring that up because I think we can often get this advice, you know, see it in a magazine or on TV or hear it from our, you know, best friends, cousins, dentist or whatever, and feel like, oh, this is the gospel truth. Like, I should be doing fill in the blank, whatever the current advice is, because clearly this is the best, you know, capital T, capital B, the the best thing that I could be doing. But when I think about how often this advice changes, it lets me hold it a little less tightly. So rather than being like, this is the gospel truth, nothing could be different for anyone, much less for me, it lets me be like, oh, we as humans have an evolving relationship to how we know our own bodies, and it's possible that something could be true for me that isn't currently reflected in the advice of the moment and that doesn't mean that that advice won't change over time or that I don't have the autonomy to figure out what actually works for me because this advice is not even a static thing that's like says here's exactly what I should be doing so that's the first thing the second thing is I don't know about your experience implementing an exercise plan like this person mentioned you know do cardio form of exercise for x minutes for y times per week I'll just go ahead and tell you what my experience is. It's um, not good. <laughs> so usually when I've done something like that in the past, which of course I've done you know, a billion times, I will on day one get up with great enthusiasm and like get to the gym and like get stuff done and you know of course like my attitude is very um, like enthusiastic slash probably obnoxious. Um, day two, I would say I'm still riding that high pretty well, um, getting up, getting going, feeling good about it. Day three, oh, enthusiasm starting to wane, but I probably still make it. Day four, you know, I'm tired. I don't really feel like it. I might drag myself there, mostly out of guilt, or I might skip it and just be like, oh, it's okay, I'll just skip it today. Day five, if I skipped it, I've probably gone back, again, like 99.99% out of guilt. Um, So the next week, I might be able to repeat that same process, though with considerably less enthusiasm at the beginning of the week, so that by the end of week two, I've probably already given up on it. (laughs) For sure by the end of week three. So it's just never been something that's been sustainable for me. And I had this idea for a long time, like, oh, I just need to like apply myself to this more or do this harder or more intensely or like be harder on myself. And do you think that ever helped? Um, No, it didn't. It was just yet like another 
failure, quote unquote, to pile up on an increasing pile of these experiences that I had had. So, of course, this sounds a lot like my relationship to dieting because it's exactly the same. And so what I had to kind of reckon with is, well, if this isn't working, what might? So let's let's talk about that second part in a minute. The third thing I want to talk about here in relationship to the messages that we get about movement and exercise is this possibility, I'm just going to open a window of possibility here for you to consider, that the general advice that is given might not be exactly right for you. So I have been reading this book recently called Emotional Agility. I'm only maybe a quarter of a way into it, but so far I've found it interesting. I'll put a link to the show notes. In this book, she quotes someone who said that the map is not the territory. So what is meant by that is a physical map of Nashville that you hold in your hands or in today's modern you know, world, your iPhone that you hold in your hand and look at a map of Nashville, that is not the same thing as the actual city of Nashville. So they're not the same even though sometimes we think of them that way. So I thought about that quote when I was considering this because I think the same is true where the kind of health and exercise advice that we receive has come from a generalization. That's the only way that this information is even available for you know doctors or whoever to get. So they do a sample of people and they see like, okay, across all these people, what did we find to be the most helpful? So in some sense, that's good because hopefully they've you know had a wide cross section of people in their sample. But honestly, most of the time there isn't. There's quite a bit of diversity that's left out of those samples. And certainly they can never reflect you as a unique individual and what works for you. So this isn't to say that that advice should all be summarily thrown out without considering it, but again, that we might be able to hold it a little bit more loosely and to see what actually applies to our own life. This is what I really love about health at every size and why I'm such a big proponent of it, because it's really about taking that individual approach and saying, in what ways is this relevant for my body? In what ways is it not? How can I find out what's relevant for my body? So that kind of brings me into what I want to talk about next in relationship to this person's question, which is resistance. So first of all, how smart are our bodies? I mean, they are so smart. I have found, you know, like this person said, she has something she likes, but she doesn't feel that she should be doing it. She feels she should be doing something that she doesn't like. So she runs into resistance and she does nothing. What I see that as, what I've found in my own life when I hit a very similar moment, is that that resistance is coming up because there is something I'm refusing about my body's wisdom. So my body is saying, this is what we want, and I am saying no, and therefore there's something in there that cannot compute, and so I either override that and you know put myself into a situation where I'm most likely not going to be enjoying what I'm doing, I'm most likely going to get into a pattern I described earlier and end up giving up right away, or I could actually listen to that and see what happens. You know, we are told so often that we can't do that, that we can't trust our bodies. 
particularly if we're curvy. We're getting this advice so often from so many people. Your body cannot be trusted. I think many people of all shapes and sizes get this kind of message from people, but I think that's especially true for curvy bodies. So this resistance can actually become something that can be like a resistance in your own life to refusing your own body's wisdom. So you could almost teach treat this like a a sign, a warning sign in your own life. When you're noticing res- this resistance, you could ask yourself, "Oh, well what what am I resisting of my body's wisdom?" I think that's a flip of what we usually think. So we may usually think, "Oh, I'm resisting doing this plan that I should be doing," right? We rarely think about it from the other side. What am I resisting from my body's wisdom right now? So that's a question that you might consider if you're finding yourself in a similar situation. Here are some other questions that you might consider. What would it mean if I trusted my body right now? Just right now. You're not committing to doing it for the rest of your life. You're just going to see what would it be like if I just trusted my body right now. You know, if you're having a day where you're thinking, I could do my gentle yoga practice that I love, that I know is going to make me feel great, or I could go, you know, do this other whatever form of exercises, um, you know, of the moment <laughs> um, that I feel like is going to, you know, drain me or injure me or I'm just not going to enjoy or I'm going to do and like it'll be fine, but I won't really feel like I got anything out of it much. Um, what would it mean if I trusted my body right now? Another possible question, is it possible my body has some information that I don't know yet. So sometimes when my body is giving me a message about the form of movement that it wants and I am not having it, (laughs) um, sometimes I have to stop and think like, is it possible that my body has some wisdom that I am not able to see yet or I'm not able to let myself acknowledge or I want to ignore or whatever the case? And for me, (laughs) that's more like a probability than a possibility. So that's almost a definite for me that that my body knows something that I'm not yet willing to acknowledge in my own mind. So this is a for sure helpful question for me. And then the other one is, does trying this now, this being whatever form of movement you're wanting to do, does trying this now mean giving up on my body forever? I know that sounds melodramatic and a little like, of course, it doesn't mean that. But don't we go there in our heads sometimes anyway? (laughs) Don't we tell ourselves like, oh, if I let myself do this gentle yoga, then, you know, my health is going to be ruined. My whole life is going to be over. I'll never make another choice in my whole entire life. And that'll be it. You know, the end. Okay, maybe that's just me. But I think it's pretty easy for us to slide down that slippery slope really, really quickly. So does trying this now mean giving up on my body forever? No, of course not. So just giving yourself a little breathing room to do what would work for you today, knowing again that that doesn't mean you're going to be doing it every single day for the rest of your life and you'll never do anything else ever again. And that brings me to the last thing that I want to talk about here, which is now what? So how do you actually move forward in this kind of situation? Here are some things that I have found and that have helped me. 
Number one, when I answer those questions that I just mentioned, it allows me to get curious about what might happen if I just tried moving my body in the way that I would like. Like just let's see what would unfold. And then number two, the other thing is, and this is something that I truly never believed would happen. I almost hesitate to bring it up because I feel like it's so annoying (laughs) in some ways, Um, but I want you to hear me say it anyway. I will risk being annoying to you right now. The more that I really listened when my body was speaking, not, oh, that's nice, but I don't feel like doing it. Not, I'm ignoring you. Not, yeah, I'll let you do it once, but I won't let you do it more than once. When I really listened on a regular basis and the more that I responded to what I was hearing. So the more my body said, this is what I want. And I said, okay, well, let's try it. Let's just do it. The more I think I built up trust between myself and my body, and as my body began to trust that I was listening, and as I got better at listening, I was able to hear more and more subtle cues. For me, those subtle cues feel like an energy current in my body, and I started to notice, I hate to say this, but (laughs) I started to notice this kind of fluttering feeling in my body that told me hey, we want to move more. We want to move faster. We want to get our heart pumping. We want to build some strength. We want to go for a swim. We want to get out in nature. And the reason I'm saying I hate to tell you this is not because I think this kind of movement is like bad or wrong or weird or whatever, um, but just because I know what it's like to feel like that's never going to happen or that that's not available to you or that like that's for a certain kind of person, but it's not for you. And maybe you're also in this similar place I am and you know that it's true. But if you're not, or if you're kind of like, I don't know, or, you know, you're in the middle of that process, which so am I. I mean, when are we not all in the middle of a process? Um, But I found that my body, when trusted, will tell me the different kinds of movement that it needs at different times. Sometimes that's gentle, sometimes that's more intense. Sometimes that's fast, sometimes that's slow. And what I find is that that doesn't fall into a prescribed pattern of, you know, this kind of exercise for this many minutes, for this many days per week. But there is a natural rhythm. I can't predict it from day to day necessarily, although I feel like I'm being able to discern some of those patterns a little bit more over time. But what I'm finding is that when I'm willing to stay with what my body is telling me, then I develop my own pattern. So like we said earlier, you know, the general advice might not fit for you as an individual. For sure, I'm finding that that's true for me um, and that I am finding my own rhythm of the kind of movement that works for me. And that kind of gets to that question of, you know, or, you know, really not even question that fear of what if I'm not doing the right thing for my body. And I'm finding that the more that I listen and trust, the more my body is giving me a variety of things that it wants. And that makes me feel like I'm really being present with this one body that I have, which is honestly the only thing any of us can ever do and responding to what it needs. 
Now listen, none of this happened overnight. It definitely is still a work in progress for me and I'm sure will be for many years, if not forever. (laughs) Um, So where might you be able to get curious and give yourself permission to do movement that you like or to figure out what that is? So I mentioned earlier we'd talk about this. Now here we are. So I think one of the ways to find the movement that you enjoy is definitely to try different things. So if you're not sure, you could try a bunch of different stuff, especially things you might have liked in the past or you might have liked as a kid, just to see, do I actually like this or not? Give yourself that opportunity to try. And then number two, consider and start to learn how those things make you feel. So not how they make you feel about your body, not how they're giving you a, you know, a gold star of congratulations for doing something. Not that that's inherently a bad thing, but not that that's the only thing either. But how do they actually make you feel in your body? How do you feel afterwards physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever is relevant for you? How do you feel? That has been a real motivator for me to notice. Um, Particularly, you know, I've talked on this podcast before about my anxiety. So I notice when I feel that kind of fluttering feeling, I'm wanting to do some movement that's a little bit faster or whatever. And then I go and do that when I am done with it. And even honestly, when I'm in the process of it, I can feel my anxiety decreasing. I feel so much better in my mind, in my body, in my heart that it makes me want to do it. And not only does it make me want to do it like, okay, well, I'm feeling this way, so I should go do it and like go check something off my list and have that little bit of like hmm, dread or resentment that can come up sometimes with that approach. I actually am excited about it. I look forward to, to, to doing it. And even when it's physically challenging, which it often or always is, I feel less like, oh, I just want to give up because I hate this. I feel more like I'm doing something for my body that my body is going to be thankful for, and I know that based on my own experience and evidence. So what does all of this look like for you? You know, of course, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. But what I can do is encourage you to give it some consideration, to take any open doors you might have heard through this conversation, anything that piqued your interest or you were curious about, and start seeing what is interesting and relevant for your own life and see what unfolds from there. So thank you for being with me during this conversation. You know I love answering these kinds of questions. So if you have a question for me that you would love for me to chat about on the podcast, send it over. That would be so great. I will put a link for that into the show notes if you would like to share a question. All right, let's close with one breath together. We'll inhale and exhale. The light in me honors the light in you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to Love Curvy Yoga. You can find more information about this podcast and all things curvy yoga at curvyyoga.com. If you love the show, please share it or even review it in iTunes. Both help us get the word out that yoga is a way to come home to your body and yourself exactly as you are today. Have a great day and curve on.